Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the greatest disaster movie ever made. Uh, we're talking about the movie Airport, and this is the Airport Minute. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm the other host, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And we've got a very, very special guest this week. Yes, he is a professional raconteur. He knows how to do this stuff that we're kind of plodding along through. Here he is now, Mr. Chuck Goldstone. Well, the, the pressure is on me now. And I'm, by the way, in, in seat 23B, mm. ah. in case anyone needs uh, to find me. Um, so I, it's, what a, it's, it's nice to, to you know, have an experience uh, with an airplane, which this is going to be, and not actually have to be on an airplane. So I, I appreciate that. Right. No TSA involved. Uh, although you can I, you can leave your shoes on and your belt. I just uh, to be safe. I because uh, I know radio is is a, a, an important uh, medium. I I did uh, uh, because I knew no one else. I did a strip search of myself. <laughs> okay, you can never be too careful. No, That's you right. Never you can know. you never you never can. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, well, we're all pre-checked here. So uh, right right now we are in continuing with the uh, disintegrating marriage of Mr. and Mrs. Bakersfeld uh, in one of the most uh, expensive opticals of the show. There's uh, the the multiple uh, screen on screen on screen uh, effect of looking at the uh, Bakersfields all say goodbye to each other and followed by the most complicated series of uh, flashbacks i've ever i i can't remember a more complicated series of flashbacks in a motion picture this is uh well speaking of flashbacks I, the, the the first uh part of this scene is in the i guess it's like a club with uh with bert talking to his wife's his father-in-law and i bet you that's the 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 airport lounge redressed, wouldn't wouldn't you say? I mean, the same fireplace and everything. Yeah, well, it looks like a different. I mean, they've they've resheathed it with a bunch of uh, different mantelpieces and stuff. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's in the same locale, just simply because the, that's the only place where they could make fire in that particular soundstage. But it does. They did seem to find the oldest uh, uh, SAG card holders in, yeah. in Hollywood so to send uh, me populate. A, send me a butler who is is ninety and who can barely carry a tray. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and and did you notice that? Did you notice father-in-law? It was send us someone who looks as much like Ernest Borgnine without actually being Ernest <laughs> yeah. Borgnine, because yeah, he was his lighting double or something. It was very. I I didn't get that, but that was that. I I love that whole um, decline of a marriage in you know four cuts. Um, it was it was just you know delightful to say. First of all, I like the idea that she's trying to force him being the. Now let's see. He apparently has just you know a really a terrible job. He's only the general manager of the airport, so yeah. she's not happy enough with that. So she wants him, from what I gather, to work for Ernest Borgnine or her father. Uh, for three times the amount of money. But this cannot work out well for, for the Burt Lancaster character because if it's... They already have a contentious marriage. And he he works for Ernest Borgnine, and uh, this is now going to be two against one on almost everything that happens both at work and at home. This is not a story that's going to turn out well for, for, for Burt Lancaster. And, and that shot of him lying in the bed in blue pajamas smoking a cigarette is absolute money just love it and what i what i also love you know you you wonder 
if you can wonder for a moment why the marriage has a problem, you do notice that it's double beds, and it looks like a dorm. I mean, it looks like they're living in a dorm. It's, yeah, yeah, they're they're they're. Uh, I think he says somewhere later on in the in the week uh, we talk about uh, being under the same address. But yeah, they they don't seem to have anything in common. It's a barracks. Well, Bert probably snores, so you know, hence the same this, the separate bed. This is before the CPAP machine was yeah. invented, I think. And uh, <laughs> yeah. his, but, his his uh, response to snoring is to have a cigarette before turning in. And, and a bed, a separate bed. Yeah. And it's hoping maybe if I'm lucky, the bed will catch on fire. This, <laughs> this could be, no, I, I, you know, you could tell at the very be- at the beginning that this is this is you know clearly not a relationship that's going to uh, be fruitful by the end of the film, only ninety or so minutes later. But you know, I love this the follow up scene, which was the long dinner table shot. Was reminiscent of yes. of the uh, of a, also a pivotal scene in Citizen Kane, and not to say that that this movie in Citizen Kane had what's the word I'm looking for anything in common, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in terms of of uh, of, of intellectual um, whatever, but but uh, you know it was it was you know let, let's seat everyone at the table and let's just show how dysfunctional a family let's can be a, yeah, a grim food. family dinner. He's drinking milk, by the way. Bert is drinking a glass of milk. That's an interesting dinner choice. Yes, he's uh, well. Well, he's you know, it, it's uh, I, I think it's probably to line the inside of his uh, increasing ulcers from from between well, work and the wife. Well, I think that what wife. happens is the milk is the is the perfect carrier because he chops up a lot of Ativan and and puts <laughs> that in the milk prior to uh, the the. Uh, and the daughter, what's with the daughter? She's not, you know, she's not having a really good time either, isn't she? She sort of storms out yeah. under... That's because Biff said he'd call her, and he never did. Well, the the younger daughter is so used to this nonsense going on 24-7 that she just tucks into that, uh, you know, Beef Wellington that, like that she's chewing on. And totally, yeah, well, totally ignores whatever's going on. And I guess Robbie was gonna go. The the older daughter was gonna go out and uh, and cry at the maid who is apparently yes, staring all how, this dinner. Carefully, and, there's a maid in the shot when she goes out the door. Love and it. I don't know if you know this, but the maid is um, is seeing that butler socially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah. You were aware of that. It's a it's it's very it's it's subtle. But, no wonder he stooped over. Yeah, well, he he keeps he keeps thinking about all this. That it looks like a hearing aid, but actually it's a small tape recorder, and he's just listening to all the things uh, that she was promising for later in in that little uh, that little recorder that he's carrying around. As a, a dollar per second uh, uh, budget on the sets, those sets have to be the most expensive part of this film. It, we see that entire uh, fireplace, you know, walnut paneled room for maybe 10 seconds tops and it's never seen again in the in the film I mean, we have that we have that long banquet speech uh mm-hmm. that that they're having with uh, a crowd of uh all of ross hunter's uh people he owes money to and uh and then we have you know and then the uh the dining room set which I, that isn't even five seconds but it's quite a a pile of a pile of cash being thrown up on the screen you know and add to that the price of the optical yeah. printing um, this could be the most expensive and we minute have to in the give entire a movie. Shout out to Dana Winter. I mean, she, not only does she play a great, uh, furious wife, but she was in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, she's pretty much dealing with strange men—the you know people who seem like total strangers to her in both movies. True. 
Well, uh, you know, this is you, you. You don't have to be terribly test sophisticated. I mean, this is one one wonderful thing about this movie is you don't have to be burdened by understanding nuance. <laughs> Everything is just <laughs> so in your in your face that. Uh, it was 1970. Even if you read the expressions, I love throughout the film, you read the the expressions which look like silent movie expressions. It's as if there is no dialogue, and we have to redundantly express everything by expressions that are just so over the top. That's true, and uh, the, especially in the hand motions. Hand motions seem to be very critical in this. Uh, Dana Winter is marching around the bedroom and doing what looks like the hokey pokey with her hands waving out. She's throwing out right hand, left hand, while uh, while Bert is just reflecting on all this uh, sprawled out on yes, the, on the smoke twin bed. waft out of his nose. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the reason this is considered a disaster film is because of the acting. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, wow. Well, well, Bert, Bert is Bert is famous for calling this the biggest oh, hunk really? of junk he was yeah. ever in. Meanwhile, he walked off with a record payday, right, Jim? Yeah, seven million dollars just for being in this film. He, you know, he he got a piece of the back end of it, it and it's uh, it was yeah, it was second only to Pat. It was second only to Patton for 1970 box office. So, uh, I think I, I don't know if I don't know if George C. Scott had to deal with the back end of this, but he and he and Dean Martin split. If they both got seven seven million, that's at least fourteen plus whatever. Ross Hunter pulled in as the well, as they, the executive they producer. They gave each of them a, a decommissioned seven oh seven, which <laughs> which runs the about same. the same price. I mean, um, that's about. No, it's wonderful to see not only aircraft that no longer fly. I mean, there's not, I don't think even in in developing countries where we give them all of our old planes. I don't even think in developing countries they're they're running seven oh sevens anymore. But aside from all the planes being dead, I just you know I went through the casting. I don't think there's a there's anyone from the cast who's actually still alive. Well, we have Jacqueline okay. Bassett is still okay, with us, good. fortunately, and uh, we're we're trying to get. Uh, there's a couple of people: Lisa Gerritsen, uh, John Finlater, who plays uh, Mr. Coakley, the uh, the blonde-headed assistant to uh, Gene Seberg in this movie. Uh, he's still with us, and uh, Janice Hansen, who is uh, a nun that uh, you know, she drops her habit and becomes a nurse at the end of the movie. Uh, she's she's currently in Hollywood, and uh, Mark is in the process of tracking all these down. So hopefully, one of these people Good. will appear on an episode coming soon. It's nice to soon. know that I'm not watching, you know, a, a historical film of the, where there's, you know, I might as well be watching. You, you, uh, well, they, you know, the History Channel, I think, is most most of these people would be or uh, yeah, <laughs> find a grave. Yeah, it's it's like no, these there. are these are all people who used to work for Max Senate, so. Uh, no, it, that's, yeah. that's actually, that, that's actually quite, nice. but, but anyway, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's sad because you know that, that Bert is not happy and, and, and what it, it, it appears later on that you can see this is affecting his job because he's, he's sitting in his, his office after the phone call with his wife mm-hmm. and you know, th- there's a, there are crises going on at the airport and all he can think about is, no, this is the same argument. We've had what was his line? Oh no, it's not a new argument. This is just a continuation of the one we've always had that he shares, obviously, with the woman who works for him. Uh, you know, call the HR department. There's something weird that, going on here. Yeah, that that's true. Well, yeah, we're we're going to deal that with that later on in this week. But uh, right now, this 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 minute ends with uh, well, Mark Mark and I favorite our favorite part of this movie, mm-hmm. coffee and sandwiches. 
Uh, there is there is so many offers of coffee and so many offers of sandwiches, and this is probably the lead into the and, greatest and, uh, coffee and, and sandwich. Puts them show. down on the coffee table in the in the lounge. Did do you think she made those sandwiches herself? You know, just whipped them up in a side kitchen or something? No, I think she cribbed them out of a mm. commander's club. Probably they were sitting around for actual paying well, customers. I don't so. understand. First of all, I don't understand that room. But even before that, you know, we, we have, <laughs> yes. that room we have that room, but we have he's the general manager of the airport, and he. I wouldn't put an intern in in the office that he ha- he has a he has a, a a small office with a desk. You enter from the hallway. He's the general manager of the airport, and he's got a selectric typewriter, yeah. and um, I believe an ashtray. I mean, this, these are his his belongings. So so I you know I love the end of the that cutaway scene of uh the, the, well, after we cut away from the the uh, uh, his life falling apart. His wife says, um, you know, you know, what, what, what was the line about um, of. Uh, oh, what's that? Yeah, what's new? You, you won't have, have to. to. Yeah. Slam. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and, then and Bert just stares at the phone. This is what I don't get. Why does he. Why do we, people do that? You know, this is an audio device. What, <laughs> what do you get by staring at it? You know, is it you know, just a small picture? It reminds me. This is actually a, a, a true story. I had a plumber. This is years ago, and he he was going to install something, and I I said, well, here's the fixture that I want, and he I was explaining to him, and he said, well, do you have a picture of it? And I said, yes. He said, well, would you fax it to me? And I said, oh, this is years ago, and I said, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I didn't know, but I and I was very surprised. He was like a seventy-two year old plumber. I said, you have a fax machine, and he said. Oh, you need a machine? It's, no, 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 no. Okay. You know, it doesn't. The paper does not come out of the, the phone. Yeah. So you know, we're 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 giving all of these characteristics to phones. Like you know, we stare at it after we hang up. I don't. I don't really really get that. You know what we we need? You know, George Kennedy was is is you know throughout this film he fixes things. Why can't he fix that marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's he's too busy with Marie. I mean, he. I would watch a movie, Joe Petroni, Marriage Counselor. Oh my gosh, I would tune in every week for a TV series like that. So that's a nice. <laughs> Can you that's someone secret. explain uh, that room next to you know Bakersfield's? Uh, well, I, actually, that actually the room that we're in as he's doing this phone, he's he dropped in and he's on Tanya's Tanya's phone. He's actually in the TGA offices. So this is a. This is a triple room that we're looking at. The uh, the the desk he's sitting oh, at that is, is Tanya's office. Okay. Yeah, that's it because because she's she runs TGA. So oh, there's that. Okay. Then there's this mysterious there's this mysterious room that they just introduced where she kind of wanders through and then does the fake smile and it walks in. That we're calling the executive lounge because it really doesn't seem to serve a purpose. It's not connected to their uh, their frequent flyers. You know, the cardholders club, which is the commanders club. That's through the the door to the uh, screen right. See, that explains so, uh, why Mel wants to stay in the job. Maybe the money's not so great, but you have this great executive lounge you, you can hang out in and eat sandwiches and drink coffee. I mean, that's a perk. Yeah. Why, why is he not in his own office? I mean, this seems to be the place where he's got an office. We saw it when he... When he first answered the phone at the beginning of the movie, he had that white courtesy phone called, and he, he took off his uh, tuxedo and swapped out clothes. So why isn't he in that? Shouldn't that be his off? That shouldn't that be where he's at? Why does he need to continue on with Gene Seberg, especially when he's got an airplane stuck on his chief runway? This doesn't seem to be the place for him. Well, we do know the reason that he's he's got this bizarre thing going on with uh with Tanya Livingston. 
Although the, we're not sure how far how far any of these things are or where, well, where do, they've gone with it. Well, you remember at the end of that scene, she says to him, pointing to the couch, don't you want to lie down? And, and I said, yeah. you know, is there a hidden meaning here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, or not so hidden. Well, we're we're going to have to pick that up tomorrow because this, I think we're, we're right yeah, at the end of our minute. Look. But we'll, uh, we'll find out. Oh, Mel. Yeah, she uh, longing. Oh Mel, but there. but he, she tries she tries the whole she tries the whole happiness thing with uh, hey right. guess what but we don't know what the what is because the end, the minute just kind of snaps to an end but we'll pick this up on uh, on our Tuesday minute I'm gonna nap for I'm gonna nap for twenty three and a half hours that we can pick <laughs> this up again okay get yeah I, have, have some coffee and sandwiches and just I think rest. he will join us <laughs> yeah, okay. go out on a limb and I'll, say Chuck I'll, I'll, I'll be in theory a day older awesome the world keeps turning. We, uh, in the meantime, while people are listening to all this and, and want to join in on the festivities, uh, you can reach us on social media by going to Facebook. We're on Airport Minute. You can reach us through Twitter. You can tweet back at us at uh, Airport Minute on Twitter. You can also find, if you want to listen to this Monday through Friday, we can get you subscribed and uh, you can leave wonderful uh, comments about our beautiful podcast on iTunes. Just look for Airport Minute. Uh, and also visit our huge site, ever-growing site, at airportminute.com. We will pick this all up tomorrow. Join us again. And uh, in the meantime, Bye. good day. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.